So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron, and welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast. Today's special episode is a recording of a, um, a training I did or a, a Zoom call I did with the UMass Lowell DPT students. And I believe this was their entrepreneurship club or their uh, you know DPT business club, uh, consisting of um, some first and mostly second and third year DPT students. And in this uh, episode, what you're going to learn, you're going to learn the four phases of entrepreneurship. You're going to learn which phase are you in right now and which phase do you really want to be in and hopefully learn by the end how you can move from one phase to the next. We're also going to talk about how I went from sleeping on the couch in the rain in Berkeley during an El Nino for six weeks to generating six and seven figures in physical therapy businesses. And what you'll also learn is how to make six figures as a physical therapist, whether you're a student you're working in a job, you're thinking about cash practice, you already own a business and you're not there yet. We're going to talk about that because that is one of the most important topics right now, um, especially for PT students and new grads because you've paid six figures for your degree. But when you graduate and you get a job in outpatient orthopedics, there are not very many jobs that are um, offering six figures and there are very few jobs that are gonna offer you six figures in physical therapy treating patients. So there's four specific ways that you can do that. So you can pay down your loans, you can go on vacation, you can you know have the life that you want, and we're gonna dissect these in this episode. So um, get out a pen and paper or pull out your notes app and take some notes, and then when you find something that uh, really resonates with you, I would love it if you would screenshot the episode or your notes or just throw up a uh, Instagram story and put like your highlight on there, tag me so I can reshare it. And I know you've listened to the episode and you've gotten something big out of it. And um, then I wanna know what you're gonna do about it. So hope you enjoy this episode. There was too much good in here to like keep it in my uh, hard drive and never share it. So uh, we're putting it out on the podcast for you uh, today. I really appreciate you listening and uh, enjoy the episode. What I'm going to try to do is uh, keep this from being boring and just another Zoom call and uh, help uh, help uh, help you guys out and, teach, and share some things with you guys that I didn't learn when I was in PT school. Um, sound good? So here's one thing I'd love to know, um, and I want you guys to put this in the chat. Just put in uh, one thing that you'd like to get out of uh, our time today, like is there a question or is there like something you'd like to learn? Just uh, put that in the chat, um, you know, and just type it in so I can kind of see. Um, are you guys all like, Abigail, are you guys like different years in school or all third years or? Yeah, we're all different. So um, I think a majority of the people here are in the second year. Okay. Um, it's, I see we have like a couple of third years and then even some undergrad students in the exercise science program are here as well. So. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, would love to know, like, if you guys, if there's something you'd like to get out of this, uh, or like a question you'd like answered, um, we can, we'll do a Q&A at the end. Um, but I'm going to start and tell you guys a little bit about uh, who I am and uh, what uh, what I've done, and uh, we'll go from there. Sound good? 
Um, let's see. Um, how exactly you go about doing cash-based PT, how to market. Jeffrey says, uh, is that um, Ash Ruffle? I know I'm going to mess that one up. Uh, is that right? You just call me Ash if you want. Ash. Okay, perfect. Jeffrey says, how long did it take before you began turning a profit with cash-based? Emma, more general knowledge about cash PT, actionable steps. What's your own course becoming a cash PT? Oh, the main ports of running a cash clinic. Okay, awesome. So you guys are all really interested in this. So this is going to be great. Um, okay, so my name is Aaron LeBauer and... Um, I went to I went to Duke as an undergrad. I don't know how I got in. There were 13 kids from my high school class of 52 that got in. Um, I had the lowest grades of anybody. I I had like a 420 on my verbal SAT. So back in the day, our SAT was scored differently, but my uh, my my math score was like 620. So the highest was at 800 at the time. So like like and I'm like 620 was great. <laughs> my verbal was like. Uh, uh, you could guys judge for yourself. <laughs> um, I have ADD, so my brain goes in 20 different directions. And there's a couple things I've done over the years to, um, to uh, what's it called? Uh, to harness that talent um, and, and think outside the box. So if there's one thing that I do well, it's um, think creatively about uh, solving problems. So I solve problems for my patients. I solve problems for my coaching clients. I try not to solve problems for my wife unless she asks me. <laughs> Um, so I went to, uh, Duke undergrad. I was supposed to be a doctor. I'm going to use air quotes, doctor, like a physician doctor. Um, my dad is a physician. My uncle is my grandfather. And the first day in organic chemistry, like I got an A in regular chemistry. I went to organic chemistry and I sat down to do homework for the first night, which was review of the last two semesters in one night. And I couldn't do it. I was like, this is going to take me four hours. going to have to go reteach myself molarity and whatever else it was. And um, I realized that day, I was like, I'm not going to be a physician because I don't want to be a physician so bad that I'm going to put aside my whole social life um, and not have a life outside of studying. That wasn't my thing. So I went through school. Um, I went to guidance counseling and they said, well, I don't know what to do with you. Go to this person. The next person said, I don't know what to do with you. Go to this one. Um, and I didn't go the third time. Everyone I graduated with was either be going to law school um, going to do business consulting or med school, there pretty much wasn't uh, options for you know people who didn't. So I went to uh, lived out of the country for a year. I lived in Israel for a year, and then when I got back, I moved to the Bay Area, and I found a. I thought I could just get an apartment. Well, <laughs> it turns out the Bay Area is uh, more crowded, and everyone wants to be there. So I slept on a friend of a friend of a friend's couch on his porch in the rain because it was an El Nino year. Um, and I love racing bikes. And I was trying to figure out how can I race bicycles, but I couldn't do that making $14 an hour flipping burgers and, and uh, pouring beers for people. So um, I ended up in massage therapy school. I had an epiphany one day. I was like, oh, I can go to massage school. I can work four hours a day and I can race my bicycle. And so I did that. And I um, raced semi-profession in the US for about uh, seven years. Um, I raced all over the United States and uh, in Belgium for a summer. Um, and uh, I wasn't Tour de France level, but uh, it was pretty darn hard. And those guys were way ahead of me. I was in races with those guys and they were just like worlds different. But I got to a point in my massage career, um, studying uh, myofascial release and doing more like medical therapeutic massage where people are coming to me and saying, Aaron, I know I need to come see you when I tweak my back. And at the time in California, there was no direct access. 
So um, they, they would come say, hey, I tweaked my back, Aaron, I need to see you. Can you get me in today? You know, but I also had patients who were telling me, um, I'm the first person to touch them where they hurt. No one's ever touched them where they hurt. I've been to orthopedic surgeon, chiropractor, physical therapist, massage therapist, acupuncture, everything. I've had surgery and you're the first person to actually help me. And what was I doing? I was, I was just touching them with my hands. I was spending an hour with them. And so I realized after doing that for about seven years that uh, I didn't know people were asking me, Aaron, when am I going to get better? When's this going to go away? I didn't know how to predict their recovery. I didn't have that that knowledge because um, that's not what we learn in massage. Massage is a wellness service. It's you're trained to say, Hey, let's get you in. Okay. How often would you like to come once a month or once a week? You know, I recommend, you know, the people who get the best results come in once a week. Um, but once a month is great. Okay. And they say they choose and you say, okay, what works better Tuesday or Thursday. And so we learned how to sell the next service for people, but I didn't know how to tell them, you're done. You're healed. You're, you're better now because I didn't learn. Um, I didn't have the pathophysiology anatomy and I didn't know the, how to um, give people a uh, what's the fancy word, a prognosis. So we moved um, to North Carolina uh, because I wasn't going to be able to buy a house in California working as a massage therapist. And um, we had tried a couple other places where my wife was from. We didn't want to go to LA uh, so we moved to North Carolina and within six months I had enrolled in uh, Elon University's DPT program. My wife uh, re-enrolled in school at Guilford. We bought a house, got married, and uh, the rest is history. But um, I went to Elon's DPT program. Again, my scores on the, on the standardized testing, I got one question right more than I needed to get in um, without studying for the GRE. And so I got in. I go on my first clinical rotation in January, beginning of our second year. And within a few weeks, <laughs> I'm treating a bunch of patients. And I saw 43 patients one day. And I was there until like 9.30 at night, 10 o'clock at night, writing notes. I had a 45-minute drive back uh, across Atlanta to where my mom lived to stay with her. And I realized that day, I'm not going to um, be able to treat patients the way I want or see um, that's, uh, that's necessary for some people um, working in a traditional insurance model. And so I knew that day that I was going to have to do something different. I was gonna have to just go back and uh, charge cash. You know, I was already making $85 an hour doing massage therapy in Greensboro. I actually gave myself a raise moving from the more expensive West coast to East coast. I was charging $85 an hour four people on Wednesdays, four on Saturdays while I was in PT school, except when I was on clinical rotations. And my CI said, so I had this realization and I, I talked to my CI about it in the next few weeks. And he said, no, one's going to pay more than their copay for PT. And at the time we had a patient who was, had a $20 copay. She was supposed to come in three times a week. She showed up once every two weeks. And I said, well, why don't we discharge her? And he said, well, that would look bad to the referring physician. <laughs> he didn't say referring physician. He said, that would look bad to the doctor. I'm like, but Frank, you're a doctor. He's like, we can't, we're not helping her. Why? We should discharge her. <laughs> He's like, no, that wouldn't, that wouldn't work. And I was just like, that doesn't make sense. Like she's not coming in. We can't help. She's not doing work. She's not incentivized. Yes. She's got a lot of other things in life going on. that are probably keeping her coming in, but this patient didn't actually see the value in what we were doing. Cause she would just come in and do exercises on her own and with 20 bucks. And that was, she had to get someone to bring her in. That was, that was a big deal. It was a, a lot. It was a lot of money for the value we were providing. Certainly. So when I graduated Elon, 
my final clinical rotation was like a six month rotation. Luckily the, um, Alan Ling, who uh, owned uh, the business out in California, um, was willing to do a um, was willing to do a uh, clinical experience for me that was around business, not just treating tons of patients. Um, I had met him at uh, PPS uh, probably at the end of my first year. I was presenting at PPS on adding massage therapy services as a cash based service, and I met Alan there, and he's like, "You should come." do a rotation at clinic. I was like, hell no, no way. I live in North Carolina and my wife, I got a wife. Um, we got a baby on the way. Uh, but it worked out that, uh, I was able to do that. And, um, I started my cash practice right out of school. My professors said, Hey, where are you going to work? I said, LeBauer physical therapy. And they looked at me cross-eyed and were like, I said, yeah, I'm working for myself. And they said, Oh, do you have all your insurance contracts and things set up? I was like, no, we're doing it all cash. And they looked at me like, that's not going to work. People basically told me that it wasn't going to work. It was unethical and um, no one's going to pay more than their copay for PT. The North Carolina Medicare advisor for the APTA told me so much is don't even breathe on a Medicare patient because it's illegal for you not to be a Medicare provider. This is not the truth, but this is the lack of information and understanding of people about what I was doing and and what cash-based physical therapy was um, back in uh, 2009, 2008, 2009. So, um, I don't know, fast forward to today, um, we've got a clinic, I've got a cash-based practice next door. I've, uh, got an employee, uh, or two, two employees, a physical therapist and, uh, a practice, um, manager slash patient care specialist. I've got a coaching business where I help other, um, physical therapists, uh, launch and scale their cash practices. I think that the number one thing, if I was going to look back and, if, if anything that you guys need to know, if there's anything that you leave here with, the one important thing is if you have a great idea and someone comes to you and says, that idea is a bad idea, you shouldn't do it, or they hate on you or give you some shit, uh, just understand that you've got a great idea. They're just scared because they would never take action on it themselves. And if it's a family member, they're just trying to protect you. Um, and that's okay. But family members who aren't business owners or entrepreneurs are, that's their job is to protect you because being an entrepreneur is a risk. Um, it's taking calculated risks, but not being afraid to try something because, um, failure doesn't exist for business owners. You either have wins or you learn. And if something doesn't work out right, you got to extract the learning. Otherwise all the struggle, um, wasn't worth it. Uh, so, what I'd, I've got a couple other things I want to share with you guys right now, but I'd love to know um, in the chat, what's the number one thing, like what's your plan for after, let's see, what's your plan for after you graduate? Are you planning on opening a cash practice? Are you planning on working in one or are you undecided? So just let me, just let me know, like put in cash PT if your, your job, your, your, your plan is to start one. If you are like undecided, just say undecided. And if you, know what you're doing, um, or you're just going to get a job, which is totally cool because this isn't made for everyone. Just let me know in the chat, like, which one are you? Um, I've got a couple things. Let me try this. I want to talk to you guys about, I'm going to talk to you about the four phases of entrepreneurship and how to make six figures as a physical therapist, which should help for everybody. Does that sound good? Sound interesting? Okay. Um, Abigail says, Cash PT, Brandon undecided, Emma undecided, Vanessa undecided, Kiana probably undecided. Um, JT says cash PT, Justin cash PT, Rachel undecided. So a lot of undecideds. I want to know how many people want to travel. How many people want to do travel therapy? Um, and if you want to do travel, just say yes, travel 
Awesome. I can, I can speak on travel a little bit. I think, is that what you're asking, Rachel? Um, so yes, travel. I mean, I work with a, a woman named Jess Jenny. She does Wanderlust PT. She's awesome. Like if you guys want to do travel therapy, I'll get you connected with her. She'd be great to present on that. Um, but traveling is awesome. It's another one of those things that people say you shouldn't do as a new grad, <laughs> um, which isn't always true. If someone says you shouldn't do something as a new grad, they probably had a bad experience. Um, or they're just thinking in closed, uh, closed squares. Okay. So let me talk to you guys about the four phases of entrepreneurship. Okay. Phase number one, let me see if this works. You guys can see my screen. Um, is E employee. All right. So you're an employee being an employee is not a bad thing. It's great. You get to, you clock in at eight and you're out at 5 PM or six. Or when I saw 43 patients, I left at 9.30, but I was a student. So, you know, like they can just make us work um, until until whenever, right? Let me see if I can get this back, 6 p.m. You know what? You're, you get the exact same amount of money every two weeks. So you're, it's stable. What are some of the other uh, benefits of working for someone else? Can you guys put that in the chat? So it's stable. Um you can clock in and clock out. It's a known, like if you do well with, um, with having like, uh, what's it called? Consistency. And, and someone else like basically, Hey, you do this, you treat these patients. I pay you this much. Here's your benefits. And here's your thing. Like, yep. Mentorship's a good one. I'll tell you guys, you have to be careful about mentorship because everyone's definition of mentorship is a little different. I've had some good friends of mine, one in particular who's no longer working as a physical therapist because his first job was supposed to be mentorship, but he didn't get anything. You know, he just put to work and he got to talk to someone every once in a while. Yeah, you have to deal less with the administrative work. Yeah, when you're an employee, yeah, you, there's no risk. I mean, in our profession, there's no risk in like starting a business. You don't have to do, um, you don't have to do the marketing. You don't have to stress about where's the new patient coming, next patient coming from. Okay, great. So, the next um, one is, uh, let's see, I was trying to need a different color, but it's just blue is self-employed. Okay, so self-employed, you go out, you say, hey, I'm gonna start seeing people, whether it's a side hustle or a full-time thing. A self-employed physical therapist is someone that is basically you make money when you spend time helping people, okay? So this is where you trade time for money, okay? It's great. I did this for a long time, a lot longer than uh, I probably should have looking back. This is where the, 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 the benefits are. Um, well, you don't have uh, someone micromanaging you. You don't have uh, someone telling you when to work or when not to work. You can take time off when you want. You can travel whenever you want. But the, um, but the downfall is, is you're, you're, you've built yourself a job. You're your own boss. But if you want to take off, let's say a week to go to PPS, which this is the thing I struggled with. How do I go to PPS and pay $1,000 to be there? <laughs> they, they stay at these really nice hotels. I could spend $200 a night and I got to take, and it's all during the middle of the week. Because if I wasn't in the clinic, I wasn't treating patients and there was no money. So when you're self-employed, you have, um, you're still kind of stuck. Okay, so I want you guys to think about like, if you're going to start a business, I want you to think about like, 
you might spend some time in the self-employed, but I want you to think about how we're going to get to the next um, category. So even as a self-employed, um, let's say even a, a cash practice or in network, you're going to earn anywhere from 100,000 to probably 250. Okay. Now, how do you earn 250? If you're seeing, um, let's say, let's say you're, whether you're charging or collecting, if, if you're doing what we're doing and you see 250 times uh, 22 people a week times 45 weeks of the year, you're about, so if you're charging, we're charging, it's like 247, 500. Okay, that's 22 patients a week, one-on-one. That's dope, right? Does anyone here not wanna earn, not wanna bring in $250,000 a year? Okay. So um, there's a lot that goes into it. Like you guys said, like there's the marketing, the admin work, the setup. Um, if I take time off, I don't make money. So that's kind of the self-employed trap, which is fine. Some people spend years here, but how do we start getting out of that into the um, business owner category where you own a business? Can anyone guess like what's the difference between being self-employed and owning a business? You guys would love it if you put it in the chat, just let me know. What are your thoughts? Having people work for you. Yep. Having employees. Yeah. You can have people work for you. Yep. Yep. That's one big one. So you have the employee, but I could be down here in, um, and still have an employee. Let me see if I can boop, boop, boop. I can still have someone like, uh, my, my administrative assistant. And when I'm, I'm the physical therapist, if I'm out of town, we don't generate revenue. So what I have to do is I have to employ, I have to employ other um, PTs or technicians. So physical therapists, we are all highly trained and educated technicians. We do a technical service, which is touching people or uh, analyzing their movement and helping them improve their function or whatever the APTA says it is. Okay, so physical therapy is a, um, is a very highly skilled, highly educated technical service, which is great. So to, to move from self-employed to business owner, it's not just hiring people, it's leveraging your time. So it's no longer hinged to the money you generate. Is this making sense? Would love to know guys, um, Put in, uh, put in the chat, like what's, what's been helpful for this, uh, for you guys about this so far. So time does not equal the money. Okay. And that's, and that's your time. Okay. Um, make money without being there. Yep. Other people make money for you. Yes. Yep. Yep. More of a constant flow of cash. Even if you take the day off, you don't have to do everything. So if you have like an online business, what that looks like is um, you could still be in self-employed, but you start moving into business owner when you have, um, when you can uh, automate sales. Okay. And my hand, I, I'm a lefty. My handwriting is not that great, but it's about, so if you're doing like online business only, like in my coaching business, when I started selling my courses, I was automating them through webinars and you can do a combination of this. I have clients that do this um, as a combination in their businesses where they're treating patients, but they're automating uh, wellness services, sales courses, things like that. So a business owner, the, the number one thing most business owners get wrong is that they think that they are the most important person in the business. 
Okay. They get stuck. I was on a call with uh, a physical therapy business owner a few years ago and he, and he was like, Oh, Aaron, I just need to learn more marketing. Um, he's like, I was like, well, why? He's like, well, the employee, the PTs I employ aren't busy. They're only treating half the patients I'm treating. And they were basically responsible for their own caseload. But, you know, he's like, but we just need to do more marketing. And I was like, well, how many patients are we using? He's like 40, 45. Okay, great. One-on-one for an hour. He's busy. He's got these two people he's paying who are only seeing like half as many and he's resentful. Well, what he wasn't doing and he wasn't willing to do was move his patients over to their schedule. So he had more time because um, then he could go market the business, fill their schedule because what it is, it's about, leveraging your time and that's where we get to this last um this last one means i can get the thing here where you start getting into entrepreneurship where you leverage where, where you, you leverage time to do more more income more impact um and uh time so income impacted time because time time is bigger is more valuable than money and impact is, is more valuable than time. So how do I help the most amount of people? It's not treating them one-on-one. I can help people very deeply or um, very specifically one-on-one. And that's important, but how do I leverage my time um, to help even more people? And time is more valuable than money because time is um, always running out. Like we're only going to live so long, right? but we can always get more money. If I can go get a job, I can get paid every two weeks. Bank account, I'm gonna get a couple thousand, you know, three to $5,000 every two weeks. Um, and that's always gonna replenish, but time is running out. So I judge my, um, my actions, my choices, make decisions based on how much time is this going to give me versus how much money am I gonna get? Is this making sense to you guys? Just type in, uh, type in like, makes you know, like makes sense or just tell me like you know like uh what's like what are you getting out of this just put that in the chat like is this making sense just put in a yes um if you're getting something out of this you have an insight please share it um daniel says this model is great makes sense makes sense this is great yeah so no one taught me this in pt school in our business class in pt school it was uh here's here's the history of insurance Here's what um, average copays are. United Healthcare only wants to pay $45 no matter what you do. Um, design a clinic. You have a $250,000 budget and uh, it has to be a 5,000 square foot clinic and write out a business plan. I'm like, um, can we just do 1,500 square feet? No. Okay, my clinic next door is just a little bit bigger than 1,500 square feet and we have room for uh, free full-time therapists. We just don't, we, we don't utilize it because one, we don't want to until uh, COVID uh, hurt kept us from growing this year, but we've had um, as many as two PTs when I was treating patients and um, a part-time massage therapist. Um, and it's in, for 1500 square feet. I mean, that's a great size. And we were underutilizing it at that point. So what do we do? We maximize our time. So for the clinic this year, when COVID took all our patients away, I mean, there was a point at which we, we canceled everyone for about four, or maybe a six. We canceled everyone for a week, but we really just moved everyone to telehealth and 90% of our patients moved over to telehealth. And then as you know, things started to open up, they weren't going to tolerate telehealth anymore. And we started seeing people in person again, like July-ish. But everything we did in those 
three months, um, pretty much April, May, June, to um, make our systems even better, even more solid to create more online courses and um, work on our uh, application funnels and work on our, um, our lead magnets. We had a fourth quarter in 2020 that was a better fourth quarter than 2019. Actually, like October was one of our top months ever in our clinic. <laughs> this is October uh, 2020, which is kind of crazy. Seeing as after the election in November, we had uh, we had eight people on the schedule that week. Um, Monday, someone canceled. Then we had seven. And then by Wednesday afternoon after the election, we had nine new patients scheduled for Thursday and Friday. And our average, uh, like our average number of visits a week is like is, pre-COVID is like 25 to 20, 25 to 28. For me personally, 20, seeing 26 people a week was a little too much. Entrepreneurs, where we want to be. Yeah, absolutely. So let me see if I can turn this guy back on. So entrepreneurs, where you really want to go to, right? Because if you stop at self-employed, what happens when you um, retire or want to go on vacation? A business owner is great. And a lot of people, you could stay here. But what, is an entre- what really does an entrepreneur do is they leverage their time to generate more money and greater impact so you can focus on multiple things. I would even say an entrepreneur is someone who is um, a creative problem solver and is willing to take risks to help even more people at even almost to the detriment or expense of themselves if they're not careful, themselves and their personal relationships and family if they're not careful. And not everyone's an entrepreneur. There's some great business owners, but not everyone's an entrepreneur. Um, but entrepreneurship, I believe, is um, where you can let your creativity. That is like once you become an entrepreneur, the failure is not possible. Like a business owner can always close down their business, but an entrepreneur does never stop. Does that make sense? Okay, so let me. Sh- are there? Um, we'll come back to this. Um, I want to show you guys four ways to make six figures as a physical therapist. Okay, because here's the here's the problem. You guys have probably paid a lot to go to school. I did. I didn't pay as probably as much as you guys. I think our tuition was $25,000 a year. It was three years. So I probably had, I think when I graduated, I had $68,000 in federal student loans. So I just took the maximum federal student loan. I can't could, I didn't take private student loans. I had a little help from my parents. I was working part-time and my wife was working. So I was able to make that work. And just so you guys know, I didn't pay off my student loans as fast as possible. I paid them off as slow as possible. Okay. My goal was to get out of school. Um, and uh, I only consolidated the first year into a lower rate because I could, but then after that I couldn't, but I kept it as a federal loan. I got on the uh, graduated repayment plan because it was the way for me to pay the least amount as possible. You guys are going to hear people talking about Dave Ramsey. He's going to tell you, you know, eat rice aroni and, um, and uh, tuna and pay off your student loans. My recommendation to you is only do that uh, before you go to PT school and you want to race bikes. Because when I raced bikes and lived in San Francisco, I, I couldn't, I had to eat a lot of tofu because I couldn't afford to like buy my own chicken, um, you know, like, and that was worth it. But as a physical therapist, your earning potential is much higher than uh, a temporary employee or a massage therapist. So, um, and granted, remember, I only wanted to work, you know, four hours a day, four days a week as a <laughs> as a bike racer. Um, I put $43,000 on my, uh, or $45,000 on my credit cards racing bikes. But as a physical therapist, 
your earning potential is much higher. So delay paying back so you can invest the money in growing your business, whether it's a primary business or a side hustle. So if you can spend a year or two finding a side hustle that brings you in $2,000 a month, now you could just start putting that to your loans if you want to pay it off. But spend the time and invest the money you need to learn what you need to learn, get the coaching you need to get to the point where you've got an easy side hustle or an easy primary business. And then only it was only two years ago, once my clinic was fully automated and my coaching business started taking off, I said, hey, I'm going to put some extra money um, into my student loans in big chunks. And I was able to pay it off, but I, it took me 10 years. Does that make sense? Making sense for you guys? So how are we going to make six figures? One, go get a home health job. Get a home health job and negotiate a salary where you're making over six figures. Okay, which is great. But not a lot of us got into PT to do a home health. <laughs> so you could do that and make some money. And you know, you've got flexibility, you could start a side hustle. It's a great way to start a side hustle. Um, but I've worked with people who um, like Alexis Sams who was making $108,000 a year doing home health in Phoenix. And she had it was she was had it too good. And it was really hard for her to move into her cash practice. It took her three years of doing cash practice as a side hustle when she finally decided to commit and quit her job um, through the coaching program that we did together. She tripled her income where she went from $2,900 a month to $8,900 in three months. Right? So she got back to her six-figure level in three months, but taking that leap was one of the hardest things she had to do. Um, and she did it because we, I was able to put together a plan for her. But uh, getting a home health job, you want to make six figures, great. Okay, let's say you're in this for an ortho job. And I don't have a, anything to draw right now. You, you're like, I want to work with you know, orthopedics, whatever, but they don't, it doesn't pay as well. Great. Do the job because you love it, but find another problem you can solve and start a side hustle. And it can be as a cash practice. It could be um, doing something online. You can bring in, if you bring in $2,000 a month with a job paying you $76,000 a year, your $2,000 a month side hustle is 24. And now you've got um, $100,000 a year as a PT. So a side hustle, and it can be online. It can be through social media. If you do it right, um, you should be, if you're, if you're doing social media, you have followers, you should be expecting to make um, a minimum of $10 per follower or per email address per month. So if you start collecting leads, followers are not dollars and followers aren't leads. They don't belong to you. They need to be on your email list. And a few people um, do it right. A lot of people are just out there to get followers. So how can we get, all you need is one person to pay you $2,000 a month to go to their house every morning um, and make them breakfast or write their training program once a week and meet with them at the gym twice a week. You know, that, that's really all you need. Um, so that's the other way to do it. So think about it, like, what can I do Friday evenings before I go out right now? We're on, let's not, we're not going out. So what can I do on Friday night before I watch a movie and eat some popcorn or Saturday morning for four hours? It, it doesn't take much time to do it. You just have to figure out what people want you to help them with. Okay. The third way to do this is to start your own business. You, you have to charge what you're worth. So don't charge anything less than $150 a visit more like 200 to 250 should be what you um, should be looking at charging. How do you do that? You don't charge per hour. You, you create a plan of care for people and you um, position the value of what you can do for them versus the cost of the plan of care. And depending on what you charge and how many patients you want to see, like I showed you before, you can bring in, you know, 150 
you know, just working uh, nine patients a week, charging what we charge in my clinic is $108,000 a year. Um, and that's just nine one-on-one -on -one visits a week. Um, and so depending on how many people you want to see, you know, that limits your earning potential until you start hiring other people. Or four would be to start an online business. Like you can take your side hustle and, and all you got to do is generate $8,400. And how would you do that? That's 28 core sales at $297. This is one of my mastermind members, Marcy Crouch did this. She's the down there doc on Instagram. She just did this in January. You just automate that every month um, or 4.2 private coaching clients at $2,000 each. So that's one new coaching client a month at a $2,000. So think about this for $2,000, how long would you train someone? My coach, Bedros, I learned a lot of stuff from outside the PT industry. My coach, Bedros, Koulian, he's the CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp now. When he was a personal trainer, he did, um, he would sell like 12 and 18 month coaching packages because he's training people. So we can train people too. We're not doing just personal training. We're doing almost like skilled performance rehab training, right? Um, so think of like, what would that 12 month program look like? Or 18 month program. He sold, uh, I want to say he sold like $83,000 in personal training in one day. And there's a personal trainer who didn't graduate from community college. So the number, the number two lesson I want you guys to leave here with is that while you are a highly educated uh, physical therapist, if you want to be successful in business, you have to start studying business. You have to understand you, you need to work with teachers, professors, clinical instructors, or mentors and coaches and find groups of people like mastermind groups who are doing what you're doing and always be, um, don't be the smartest person in the room because your ego, your ego around how good you are at physical therapy and helping people is going to get in your way of being successful in business because you're going to be afraid to ask a question and look stupid. You're going to be afraid to ask for help and you're going to second guess the advice given to you, especially if it's free. But even if it's paid, you're going to be like, oh, do you think I should do that? Because I'm going to sit here and analyze it forever and never move. The people that I work with who are the most successful are um, quick to ask for help. So this is where you set your ego aside, go, okay, if I want to learn something and be really good at something, I need to ask for help because it's not that I can't go figure it out on my own. It's it. Why would I have to figure it out on my own if someone already uh, knows how to do this and I can just buy the time from them? So like I said before, I buy my time back. I would rather pay someone $5,000, even $50,000 a year to give me the shortcut to where I want to go to making 3 million a year. I want the shortcut to that. So I'm willing to pay $50,000 a year to my coach to get that. Not all coaching costs are the same, but that's what, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to shorten that curve. So I'm going to pay to go find it. So you're quick to ask for help and you're quick to take action. If you sit on the fence and think, well, I couldn't, that possibly won't work for me. Or what are all the negative consequences of this happening? Um, it's going to be much harder to find success. So um, anxiety, action beats anxiety. So if you have an anxiety or stress about something, just take action on something and uh, um, delays kill dreams. So if you delay, the longer you delay, the less likely you are to um, achieve your goals. And three, the most successful people are quick to share their wins and their lessons. So how did I get here? <laughs> I was just... Um, sharing my, uh, sharing what worked for me on like LinkedIn groups on PPS, like web forums that you guys probably may or may not remember was before the Facebook groups were exist. I was just sharing what I knew with other people. And then people started asking me, Aaron, can you help me? 
Can I pay you to help me? And that's how my coaching business was born because I was sharing what I learned. So um, those are the uh, those are the big three things, or actually the big four. Don't let anyone stomp on your dreams. The moment you find a hater, it means you're doing something right. So would love to know what uh, what was your number one insight or what was um, what was most helpful for you guys? Can you put it in the chat? And then. Um, Braden says, I was in a fitness facility charging 11,000 for 200 sessions. Do you recommend the more sessions equals less money per session model? I would say find out what the result is that people want and charge accordingly. So does someone want, like, why do they want to get strong or lose weight? Right? There's, um, there's, uh, what was it? The third one. Um, anyways, why do people want to, why do people want to, you know, not just lose weight or come to PT, you got to find out why, like what's the why behind the why behind the why. And so um, if I can build a big enough reason why this is called sales, then I can charge $11,000 and it doesn't matter how many sessions I see that person. I could see them once a week, but if I'm getting a result, if I'm giving someone a result that's worth $100,000 to them, then uh, they'll pay 11 for it in a heartbeat. Does that make sense? Braden, is that making sense? Um, James says, cause you mentioned what you recommend to charge per hour per patient. You have to charge what you're comfortable with and then go up into the uncomfort zone, like maybe 10, 20% more, but somewhere around, uh, 200, like 199 to, you know, 250. But I know people charging 350, even 450 per hour because they're not charging per hour. They're charging for a plan of care. Remember the hospitals are going to bill $600 per unit for your services. I've seen thousand dollars for per unit. And patients are getting stuck with these bills and some patients are paying $20. But what's the, um, what's it worth to save someone's life, keep them out of unnecessary surgery to keep them from having a physician tell them that uh, they should never bend forward again because their disc will slip out and fly across the room or some crazy bullshit thing like that. Is that making sense? Um, Braden says decreased pain, uh, uh, Sean says, um, most helpful to me was the impact is greater than time is greater than money. Yes. Awesome. I'm glad that landed for you. Um, Thomas says, I'm glad that was a great insight. I love it. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to do that again. That just came out of my head <laughs> in that way. Um, Abigail says, I love the action beats anxiety. Yes. Um, and it helps value yourself. Yes. So what you guys are doing, just think about this is really easy. Um, analogy is especially for pelvic PTs. Are there any pelvic PTs here? Just put pelvic PT in the chat. Let me know. Are there anyone here that knows they're going to do specialty in pelvic PT? This is a very easy analogy. Uh, my friends who are pelvic PTs, one of the most transformational things they do is help people have sex comfortably again. So if sex is painful and you came to see me and within, you know, six to 12 weeks, I could help you have sex with your partner again. Like, is there an amount of money you would put on that? Right? I mean, you'd mortgage your house to get it probably. So why is it important? Why is that important to you? So like, okay, that's easily worth $2,000 plan of care. And if I can do that in eight visits in the course of, um, you know, 10 to 12 weeks, wouldn't you be on board with that program? Okay. There's a little harder where we're talking about CrossFit athletes. So what we have to do is that, okay, what's wrong? Okay. My knee hurts. Okay. What's it keeping you from doing going to CrossFit and squatting? Okay. Why is squatting so important? Well, it's because I go to CrossFit and hang out with my bros or my community, right? Um, well, why is going to CrossFit like, I mean, you could go to yoga. 
oh, well, CrossFit makes me feel X, Y, and Z. Okay, great. Why is feeling strong so important to you? This is what someone told me. Oh, because I want to feel like I can run across, run across the room and, you know, or like uh, run across the parking lot and jump over the fence. Okay, great. Why is being able to run across the room and jump over the fence so important to you? Or, you know, it's like, oh, so I can like, basically if someone's chasing me, I know I can defend myself and get away. Okay, great. So Mrs. Jones, you told me your knee hurts. And in the next 10 weeks, our goal is to help you feel strong and confident enough so you can run across, you know, a parking lot and jump a fence and defend yourself if you have to, right? Yes. Okay, great. I can do that. Um, it's going to take about 10 to 12 weeks. And uh, it's just 12, it's just 1998. And what we're going to do is uh, when you decide to move forward, I'm going to show you two exercises today and do a little treatment and schedule your next visit so that you can feel, go back to CrossFit and not worry about your, uh, go back to CrossFit lift and squat every day so you can feel strong, confident and healthy. And like you can run across the room and jump over the fence easily without worrying about doing any more damage to your knees. How's that sound? And she goes, hell yes, sign me up. Do you see how we're, do you see how that switches things around? So we're no longer trading time for money and we're not selling physical therapy based on time. We're selling it based on the result. Um, let's see. Uh, could you talk about at all about neuro cash based PT or other specialties? Yes. Yeah, so here, let's do this. I know there are a couple questions. So what I want you guys to do is put type in Q or question and then type out your question and let me know what it is. I'm happy to spend um, some time answering some questions. I know there are a few others. Um, Neuro cash based PT or other specialties. Yes, it works. So what you're selling isn't physical therapy and it's not the treatment technique and you're not selling, you know, rehab for a body part. You're helping people. You're helping solve problems with people and creating a meaningful change in their life. And uh, we can do that. And people, if people find value in what you're doing, they'll pay cash for it. So yeah, I mean, neuro PT, people are like, oh, how neuro and peds? Like it's definitely covered by insurance. Not everything is. And even if things are covered by insurance, people expect a higher level of service. Um, what's the largest scaled cash-based clinic you've personally seen? Um, there are a couple of them come to mind. Uh, John Barnes has a uh, clinic. He does, he teaches Mafash release and he's got a clinic in Sedona and Paoli with um, five or six therapists in each. Um, Ian Kornbluth owns um, Active Core, and he's got a clinic in uh, Denver, um, New Jersey, like Maryland, Pennsylvania, um, and Georgia, and somewhere else. And he's got about 20 employees. Um, one of my coaching clients, uh, Ben Baggy, has a, a clinic in uh, Oakland with three PTs and uh, gen that generates 65000 a month. He started a second clinic in LA when he was down there for two months uh, at the end of last year. And he's building out a new, uh, he's already got his third clinic um, up in uh, Iowa when he moved back home in December. Um, and I've no doubt that he'll build that up. I've worked with um, this guy, Yohei uh, Takata in New York City. He's got five other PTs working for him um, in Manhattan um, and uh, with a clinic location like somewhere north of uh, Harlem. Ish. So, you know, they exist. It's just all about, it, it's not a question that will it work? It's just, is that, is that what you want to do? And can we make it, do you want to make it work? Does that make sense? Um, okay. Abigail asked a great question. What do you do if people aren't able to afford to pay that? Do you ever run into people not coming back because they can't afford sessions? Yes. And price isn't the objection. It's lack of perceived value 
And the biggest thing in physical therapy, there are some people that just can't afford it, but they can't afford a $20 copay either. They would never, you know, in North Carolina, we didn't have a Medicare expansion. So, or Medicaid expansion. So Medicaid um, covers one to three visits for people with Medicaid and you can only get at the hospital and uh, you only get three visits. If you had an amputation or cancer, uh, generally if someone has back pain, they get one visit. You know, the Medicaid uh, recipients don't have like expendable cash, but we see farmers and teachers were like 38th on teacher pay. Um, we see blue collar workers, factory workers, um, people that work in uh, retail, and we see people that drive BMWs and Mercedes and whatever. Um, but it's the, the most difficult thing is that I cannot guarantee you result. Again, same as Jones. In three weeks, I'm going to make you $10,000. So when you get started today for just $2,000, I'm going to show you how to make 10 out of it. <laughs> There's no math. It's, I can't put math. I can't put a number on their, uh, on their change. I can't say, Hey, th this is worth $10,000 because this life-changing things aren't worth. It. There's no amount of money. So we have to build value in a different way. And the problem is, is that people can afford it. It's just, do they, there, there's a couple confounding factors. They feel like because they spend a lot of money on insurance, they're owed something by their insurance. And so sometimes out of principle, they won't pay, even though they know that we're a better option. We've had people tell us this, even though they know they're like, well, I've just been paying them so much. They should pay. So out of principle, they'll go somewhere and, 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 and admit to us they got crappy care, but that was their priority. Others will come in and they'll realize I didn't get healed in one session. So it's not worth it. What they're looking for is a quick fix. They think physical therapy is going to be this quick miracle fix. And I was just telling um, Dr. Herzog, who works for me today, I was like, I told her about this one instance I had with a lacrosse player. It was like the miracle. I was like, but that only works one in 20 times, <laughs> you know, and maybe not even that much. Um, it was a miracle. So people are expecting, uh, have un so we have to mitigate their expectations. There's so many factors. So yes, there are plenty of people that don't. So how do we make it more affordable to people that really um, can't afford it? that would be called group programs. So there's our group program I can do. It's not, I'm not trying to do one-on-one -on -one physical therapy with four people in an hour. It's how could I charge 10 people, $20 to come work with me for an hour or even shit. I'm a physical doctor, physical therapy, pay me $35 for this one hour class. And now when 20 people come, what am I making? Uh, $700 for that hour. Right. Okay, great. Everyone can afford $35 or even 20. I mean, most people could afford that. And with a group of 20 people, I can go around and find out what's wrong with you. And um, if you guys don't know, I'm a yoga teacher. I'm, I'm a reg uh, I'm not registering more uh, certified yoga teacher as a, and a physical therapist. I can go around and find out, okay, where's the problem? I can modify for everybody. I can give them something to learn and that's new. So I've made thousands of dollars doing that uh, for marketing. Um, so I make money doing the marketing and we get new patients out of it. Um, okay. Would you recommend having a side hustle up and running before having graduated? Or would you say focus on being a new grad and then try to form a second form of cash flow? Depends on what you want. If you know, ultimately you're going to own a business, get started. There's no reason to wait. Waiting is just going to delay um, everything. But if you're a little unsure, you try it, see if you like it. You can always fall back on getting a job. Um, but if you know it's what you want to do, there's no reason to wait for a specific thing to happen because I've worked with people who are PT school dropouts and have uh, businesses, um, people who never treated another patient and have uh, successful physical therapy businesses.
Um, how much did it cost to start your, your business? Uh, this is Jeffrey. Can you talk about your biggest mistake? How many sessions do you typically see patients? A lot of questions. How long until you began turning a profit? Okay. How much did it cost to start my business? I think I started with $5,000 in the bank. Um, I've put other money into it over time, but I've gotten a lot of money out of it. Can you talk about your biggest mistake? Um, I think uh, the number one thing would be not moving from uh, self-employed to employ in business owner soon, soon enough. It took me five years. It, I didn't have other physical therapists around me who believed in what I was doing. And it took me meeting um, someone else, seeing what he was doing. Um, this is my friend, Paul Goff. And I, we chatted and we, he came up here to Greensboro, sat down. And I was like, oh, we speak the same language, not just English, but like our brains work very similarly. I was like, oh, this is how I can do it. I was like, I saw it. <laughs> so generally I get that from like my coaches and mentors, but I also get that from my success partners where I can see someone else like me doing it. I'm like, aha. So this is why I said you have to be in a room full of people that are more successful than you um, because, or more successful than you in certain areas. So that you can see what success looks like because success leaves clues. How many sessions do I typically see patients for? Um, it depends. I would say on average five to eight but I've seen people for 20. I've even seen some people like over the course of years for, you know, 60, 60, 80 visits, you know, multiple things going on. That's rare. Just like the one visit wonder is rare, you know, and someone's healed. Um, how long till I began turning a profit? Uh, my wife had a second baby. So probably our second month, like our first baby on the way, uh, she was two months. Uh, she was eight months pregnant when I started. So probably our second month. Um, my expenses and overhead was extremely low. Um, can I talk about how to find the right mentors or even how to find one? Also, can you speak on the topic of investing in yourself and spending money to make you a better clinician? Yes. So um, great question, Justin. Um, how do you find the right mentors? Well, you go find someone who's doing what you're doing, who has the knowledge that you want and experience that you want and um, find out how to work with them or absorb everything they've got. If you want to get there faster, um, you know, pay to work with them because they'll get you there faster. It's just like paying to go to Con Ed. I'm going to learn uh, manipulations faster going uh, to a Con Ed course than I would uh, watching manipulations on YouTube. I can study it. I can read about it in a textbook, but I, you know, if I can have someone hovering over me, helping me place my hands and doing it, it's going to go much faster. Um, how do you, yourself, <laughs> so the topic of investing yourself, like you're your own best asset. So you've just spent three years um, getting clinically proficient. If you want to own a business, clinical proficiency doesn't matter. You just have to be able to give people a good result. You just have to be one step ahead of where they are. And you're already one step ahead of basically where all your patients are going to be. It's rare that you're going to have a patient who's been a physical therapist for 20 years. And even if they are, if they're a good patient, they're going to listen to you because you've got outside eyes. So it's not just about being more experienced as someone. It's about having outside eyes and an outside perspective. It's like as a coach, it's like you're in the forest, like running or doing your, uh, um, what's it called? What are you orienteering, right? You're going down. I'm in the helicopter and I can see down through the trees and, and tell you to turn left or right. And if, if you turn right, you're going to you know, run over the cliff. But I can say, hey, turn left in 100 meters and you're going to hit the highway. And that's what a good coach can do is not tell you exactly how to do everything, but help you navigate so you get there quicker rather than just running straight and being in the forest forever. Um, is it, Rachel says, um, 
Is it worth considering uh, going through insurance and doing cash-based PT to offer variety if you're an owner or if your business allows it? Yes. If you could do insurance, um, one of my coaching clients, Janae, um, Janae, is it Janae Brown? She's out in like San Pedro, California. She has one insurance, like the local 509, like uh, uh, what's it called? Like Dock Workers Association. They pay like $185 a visit no matter what they do. So like, there's no reason for her not to do it. It's really easy. And then they do cash for the, everyone else, or, you know, I think they are in network or contracted with two insurance companies. So yeah, I mean, if, if uh, insurance is going to pay you enough to feed the family and keep the lights on and leverage your time, like utilize it, but it's just going down and down and down. And it's much harder and harder to get the money, but a combination is perfectly great. And some people start with Medicare plus cash and eventually weed out Medicare or, you know, blue cross plus cash. What's my take on residency programs as it seems they're getting more popular by the year if you're considering cash PT. Um, I think this is the last, it is, I think this is the last, this is a great one to end on. If you want to own a business, don't go, don't go through a residency program An OCS or WCS, uh, a certified specialty like designation is not going to get your patients to pay you more. The learning process can help you as a clinician. But the initials behind your name, your patients don't give a shit about them. They don't care. Your professors and other people in our industry care because it makes them look good and they feel confident about it. Like I've spent a lot of money doing this. But if you want to own a business and you want to help a massive amount of people, don't waste your time. There's plenty of places to go learn how to be a great manual therapist or um, women's health specialist or orthopedic or, or uh, what is it? whatever, whatever else. Um, and you can do it, you know, two or three weekends a year. You can study, you can practicing on your patients, but knowing the nomenclature of uh, joint movements is not not going to get people to um, pay you more or grow your business. You should spend that time and money and effort um, studying business. But if you want to be a great clinician and you want to teach other people in like the university level, like, yeah, you should go do a residency. You know, does that make sense? Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. And thanks for listening. If you're a PT student or uh, someone who works at a DPT program and you'd like me to speak to your students or uh, your student group of some sort, just send us a DM over on Instagram at Aaron LeBauer and uh, we'd be happy to set up a call uh, to do like a Q&A or a little presentation like we did with the UMass Lowell folks. Thanks so much and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice, or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint, because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And we get your copy, give me a shout out somewhere on social media, and we'll talk to you soon.